everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and we are continuing our look at DC Universe's very own Doom Patrol. Episode 7, entitled Therapy Patrol. So, as always, this will be heavily laden with spoilers, so if you did not watch the last episode of Doom Patrol, which was entitled Therapy Patrol, and you don't want it spoiled, well, you best not listen then. Alrighty, so... After meeting the original Doom Patrol, uh, Jane is most definitely shaken to her core. Um, she basically sees that, uh, you know, first of all, well, they all kind of get a sense of uh, really, I think, just how powerful Mr. Nobody is. The fact that he pretty much destroyed, he he broke down the original Doom Patrol. <clears throat> I think Jane is uh, taking this very, very hard because, you know, quite clearly... Uh, most of her personalities, uh, including that core personality of Crazy Jane, uh, really does have an attachment to the Chief. And, you know, like we said in last episode, when they went out and found the Doom Patrol uh, and the old uh, Doom Patrol mansion, the old Doom Mansion there, um, you know, there was a room waiting for her. And like I said, when the illusion was lifted and everything, Jane saw it for what it was. It was basically a padded room with multiple locks on the door, really kind of basically, you know, letting her know that the chief pretty much kind of had this backup plan that if he could not get through to her and work with her and if Jane really became too much of a danger to herself and to other people, uh, there was a padded room waiting for her. So, I mean, this really kind of shakes her to her core because, you know, it, it, her, her part of the episode starts off with her uh, looking at uh, some of the old tapes, you know, all these tapes that Niles made of really everybody, but she's looking at hers and she's seeing, uh, her interaction or Niles's interaction with baby doll. Uh, and really, you know, you can see that baby doll is really very attached to the chief, you know, definitely like a father figure. Um, in the scene that we watch, uh, it's, uh, you know, apparently the chief is leaving for an extended period of time, which he seems to do quite often, uh, and Baby Doll's very upset because, you know, they, they have a very special bond, and, um, you know, as Jane is watching all this, she's basically just, you know, like, liar, like, he's, he's nothing but a liar, so she's definitely shaking to her core. Now, the reason this episode is titled Therapy Patrol is because they all decide to, or really, Cliff, Robot Man, is the one who decides to kind of have a group therapy session. You know, we need to talk this stuff out. You know, Mr. Nobody, if if we're going to pursue, if we're going to continue to look for Niles, Mr. Nobody's going to come after us. He's going to come after us hard. Uh, They saw what happened to the original Doom Patrol and pretty much how he messed with all their minds and now they're just really shells of their former selves. Pretty much just, really just rotting away. Really just pathetically living out the, the the last few days of their lives really just lost in a in a world of of illusion and you know it's very sad it was it was very very you know and cliff doesn't want that you know he doesn't want that he doesn't want that to happen to him he doesn't want that to happen to really any of them but i think more specifically he really doesn't want it to happen to him let's not also forget that in the uh, last episode entitled doom patrol patrol uh rita came to a realization and that realization was you know for all these years she has tried to be Rita Farr, and she realizes that Rita Farr really isn't a real person. And what we get here, uh, sort of in the beginning of her story, is we get a flashback to the uh, late 20s or early 30s, uh, 
where young Rita Farr won a, uh, you know, junior beauty pageant or something. And her big prize was getting to meet uh, a starlet. And I really don't remember who, who it was supposed to be. But at first I thought it was Rita herself because of just her attitude and, and um, her demeanor. But it's really, you know, whoever this actress was, you know, Rita Farr pretty much kind of morphed into this person or based her personality on it. Um, <clears throat> we see that she was pretty much pushed to become a starlet by her own parents. Uh, they talked to this uh, famous Hollywood screen legend about how, you know, they homeschool their child and she gets music and dance lessons and voice lessons and, uh, you know, etiquette and, and, and acting and this and that. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, they, they want her to be a big success and she wants to be a, a big success. And this, actress is like well she definitely has the face for it she goes what is your name and the girl's about to say her name when her mother goes ah 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 your stage name and she introduces herself as Rita Farr so Rita really came to this realization Rita Farr doesn't exist. There is no Rita Farr. You know, Rita Farr was a product of her imagination, a product of her parents doing, you know, whatever it is. So she clearly has some issues. She's really, you know, when this episode opens, it's the beginning of a new day. And if really, I think for Rita, it's sort of like the first day of the rest of her life, you know, that old cliche. Um, because we see her in bed basically um, as a blob. And she's putting herself back together and she's doing the old sort of tricks that Mento had taught her. You know, the person who was breathing is me. The person who was breathing is me. Um, you know, which was a technique that Mento had first taught her to kind of get a handle on controlling her body morphing abilities, let's just call them. So she's really starting over from scratch. Like she's really trying to discover who, who she really is. And what's interesting is, is, you know, this episode pretty much replays kind of the same scenes but from everybody's sort of perspective uh we start with rita then we go over to larry then we go over to vic and all of these and we um, and you know things happen to them and we see the things happen to the other characters kind of in the background and there's really a a, a kind of big moment that brings them all together to sit down and actually have some therapy um so like i said you know in rita's corner Rita is really just trying to come to grips with the fact that Rita Farr really never was a real person. And she has to discover who she is, which means she's got to learn to kind of keep herself together again. And, you know, there's there's a bit of a scene where, you know, she's trying to put herself together and um, her neck isn't quite right. It almost kind of looks like she has a goiter or something. Um you know, when she steps out of her room, she tries to artfully cover it with a scarf. Uh, Jane comes out of her room uh, as Hammerhead, and Rita, being who she is, is, you know, good morning, Hammerhead. And Hammerhead just looks at her and goes, what the f is wrong with your neck? Um, <clears throat> from there, Rita has a lot of trouble holding it together. Um, she kind of begins to dissolve or... or, or um, kind of fall apart she falls through a grate uh she kind of tries to put herself back together and crawl back up only to have it happen all over again and as it's happening she's calling for help but everybody's so wrapped up in all their issues that they don't even really realize it um we see vic you know really coming to terms with the fact that he is now his own man and he does have a lot of questions you know he has a lot of questions i think about his father and the fact that you know with with making him or rebuilding him with cybernetic parts and computer components and computer programming, 
how much of his personality and thoughts and memories, how much of it is real and how much of it is, is his father's doing, his father's programming. Um, Grid is now active. So I've talked about Grid multiple, multiple times, just really, really quick. Um, Grid is sort of like Cyborg's operating system, and Grid is straight out of the comics. Um, at one point, you know, Grid sort of becomes self-aware and is sort of like, you know what? You would be better off being completely cybernetic, and there's a whole story arc where Grid pretty much <clears throat> seeks to turn Victor Stone into a complete cybernetic man. So Grid is now kind of like Cyborg's, um, you know, Friday or, you know, his, um, his, um, like his Jarvis, you know, and... He discovers that he has an online profile. It's, you know, obviously they can't use the word Tinder, but it's basically, it's essentially, it's a Tinder. And, you know, he's sort of like, oh, yeah, I think when I was like 18, I I, I did that. Um, so he starts to go through it. And what he gets, it's, it's mostly fangirls, you know. Uh, people asking him very rude questions about his cybernetic parts. Do you need a sidekick? You know, um, funny thing here is, you know, I think a question is something about like, or, or the person uh, like he's he's kind of communicating back and forth through um, DMs, and the person's like, "Say booyah, say booyah," and he's like, "Grid, how many times have I said booyah?" And Grid is like, "You have said booyah over thirty-one times. That qualifies as a catchphrase." Um, and what happens is, is he's 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 going through all these profiles of people that have, I guess. I don't know how Tinder works. Swipe left. So basically that have wanted to contact him. And he really re- weeds through it all until he comes across one young woman who's a med student who thinks that he is Victor Stone. Um, they don't show it, but his profile picture obviously is pre-accident, pre-cyborg. So, you know, they're kind of chatting back and forth. Like, she has no idea that he is cyborg. She thinks this is Victor Stone, a pretty good-looking young guy. And, you know, she's like, come on, hey, you know... Um, you know, take show me a recent picture of this or that. Now, what happens here, and it's very interesting, and it's I guess it's going to be a bit of foreshadowing. All of a sudden, he gets access to a security camera inside of a city bus, and Grid basically says, you know, he's like, Grid, I didn't tell you to do this, and Grid's like, yeah, but you were thinking it, so I just did it for you, so got to keep an eye on grid there so he sees that this woman you know is engaging in in messaging with him and she's clearly very interested so he decides to go for it and he takes a selfie a cyborg selfie and it's awesome because he lifts up his his hoodie uh we see his torso with his robotic abs there and he he basically takes like a gym bro pick but he's cyborg and he sends it and he sees her reaction which is kind of like oh like she didn't realize and she's kind of like oh oh boy how how do i stop this right now and he pretty much terminates his profile right there um <clears throat> he does question his dad though he's like hey how come you didn't tell me that i still had this active social media profile going or this dating profile going and it, it, the dad is very dismissive about it he's like yeah he had other things to focus on so it's really interesting there you know their dynamic and and what's going on and again you know what Victor thinks he knows about himself, how much of it is really him, how much of it is programming by his dad. Larry is still coming to terms with the um, negative being that lives inside of him. And, you know, what we discover is, is that when the negative 
person, the negative personality or the negative being inside him leaves, Larry has these very vivid sort of like dreams or flashbacks, or he's almost kind of sent to like another reality. And it's another reality that this negative persona can control. And this is how they start to begin to kind of communicate back and forth. And, you know, this is where he really starts to admit to himself that, you know, he he's a horrible person because, you know, as as we know, he was a test pilot, late fifties, early sixties. You know, he was slated to be in the Mercury program. He he probably could have been, you know, like like John Glenn or Neil Armstrong or something like that. <clears throat> and um, you know, he was a closeted homosexual. Uh, one of the guys in the Air Force with him, uh, who went by the name of John, uh, was very devoted to him and loved him very much. And, you know, what he starts to tell this negative being is is that, you know, yeah, you know, he's like, look, I'm, I am a horrible person. You know, this guy really, really loved me and you know, I was too afraid to admit it. And, 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 you know, I was so ashamed. And in the end, you know, instead of, instead of reaching out to him, I pushed him away and yeah, you know, I'm just a a, a disgusting person. And, you know, again, we're seeing sort of their kind of relationship forming together. Uh, like I said, you know, we see, you know, crazy Jane trying to deal with the fact that, you know, she really realizes that, like, the one person who she thought was really trying to help her and really cared about her, Niles, had this backup plan of sort of, like, locking her away if she got to be too much. And, you know, she's trying to deal with that. Last but not least, we come to Cliff, Robot Man. We're going to save the best for last here. Well, he's one of my favorite characters. That's why I say that. Um, you know, he starts to look at his daughter's uh, face hole profile and like I said, you know, pictures, you know, last week it ended with him, like, you know, pictures of me and dad. And he realizes it's, realizes it's his crew chief bump. This pretty much triggers in him a psychotic breakdown. Um, what we see was when we see other people's stories, we kind of see him in the background storming around. And then we see him get into a confrontation with Vic Stone, uh, Cyborg. And then when we finally get it from his point of view, really what it is, is he thinks that he is going to uh, his former crew chief, Bump, his name is Bump, uh, going to his house, confronting him, confronting him about being a father to his daughter, and there's like a whole showdown, and really what it is, is he's actually confronting Cyborg at the time, you know, Cyborg tries to subdue him, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, he, he, he just begins to kind of break down and have a meltdown, he's spasming and, and twitching and this and that, and all of a sudden we see... From out of his robot mouth, a uh, a rat comes out. We get a scene of all the way back to the first episode when um, Mr. Nobody first showed up and kind of lured Niles. Or, or no, they decided, I'm sorry, <clears throat> you know, Niles uh, went away and the Doom Patrol pretty much decided to head into town. Like, let's try to be normal. And they're in the school bus driving down the road and we see these uh, two mice uh, or two rats. Uh, standing on the side of the road, it's a father and son, and the father's like trying to like, come on, you know, you got to learn to cross the street sometime. And the second he goes out there, well, the Doom Patrol runs him over, and uh, Mister Nobody reaches out to the the smaller rat, the child, and basically tells him, you know, just keep observing them and and basically get revenge. And you know, this rat calls himself Admiral Whiskers and he identifies Robot Man as the killer of his father and pretty much uh, he sees a, an opening in um, 
in Robot Man, uh, a hole in the arm that was caused when Victor's arm had exploded a couple of episodes back and part of it lodged in there. And uh, when Robot Man is kind of not really paying attention, uh, Admiral Whiskers slips in. So him mucking around inside, did this trigger the psychotic episode? Did this trigger all these things that we, we you know, kind of saw um, Cliff go through? Who knows? Um, overall, it was a good episode. Not one of my favorites. Um, I mean, it was great. You know, we get to see these characters develop a little bit further. Um, kind of push and pause on the whole hunting for Niles and Mr. Nobody. And, you know, it's it's great to see kind of the characters get in depth a little, you know, or, or like an in-depth look at some of these uh, characters. That's always a good thing. I, I, I don't know. I just kind of found myself, you know enjoying it but not as much as maybe some of the other episodes but again look this is a great series uh i can't wait to you know every week to to watch these episodes and just keep going with it all righty you know what hey i still got a mic in my hand so i'm gonna keep talking and let's just keep talking dc here so the latest trailer for the joaquin phoenix joker film came out uh the other day and it's a it's a pretty extended trailer and i gotta say I really like what DC is doing. Now, you know, I can't wait for Endgame. I mean, Endgame can't get here soon enough. I have a feeling, though, that once, you know, the curtain drops on Endgame and those credits roll and we get our little stinger scene, right after that, that's DC's time to strike. I mean, look, the DC streaming service didn't get off to a great start, in my opinion, with Titans. And I know that that's not an opinion that's shared with a lot of other people out there. There's a lot of people that actually enjoy Titans. I don't know why, but, um, you know, it didn't get off to a great start, but it's really kind of picking up steam now. Uh, Doom Patrol is a great show. Uh, Young Justice is great. Uh, you get to catch up on some classic DC, uh, you know, movies. Uh, they're animated movies, DC animated movies. Uh, a couple episodes back, I talked about Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. I mean, DC animated movies are pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, taking Diana's word for it, DC Comics uh, vastly superior to Marvel Comics. Yeah, the MCU is great. Um, you know, what they did these last 10 years is absolutely amazing. But you know what? DC films are starting to catch up. Uh, Aquaman was an incredible film. I am super psyched to see Shazam. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, if somebody were to say, hey, today you get a chance to see, you know, pre-screening, early screening, Shazam Endgame. I mean, obviously I'm going to say Endgame. I mean, but you know, Shazam is, is a great movie. It looks like it's going to be a great movie. I can't wait for it. Uh, Wonder Woman 84 will be coming out soon. Um, I believe either in, I think in May, I think in May on the DC streaming service, we're going to get a live action, a live action swamp thing. And, um, you know, they started teasing publicity photos of the Stargirl um, series. They're talking about the Harley Quinn animated series. But this all started off with the Joaquin Phoenix uh, Joker film, the trailer for it. Uh, it's a pretty interesting look at the origin of the Joker. Now, what DC is doing here is they're kind of almost doing like an Elseworld scenario, or if you watch on the CW, the Arrowverse, how they have the multiverse there, you know, Earth-1, Earth-10, Earth-X, all that. This is kind of what they're doing here. So this is Joaquin Phoenix is going to play Joker. 
Uh, we don't know what his real name is, but he does live in Gotham. Uh, we do see Arkham Asylum in this trailer. And, um, you know, it's sort of like, this is going to be the birth of the Joker. And it almost sort of looks like he's almost going to kind of be like a twisted version of a Batman who's going to try to clean up Gotham City. That's the impression that I got from it. It's a very different take on not just the character of the Joker, but really the Joker mythos, because there's no Batman. I mean, we don't see any Batman in the trailer, and from everything that I've heard about this film, there's no Batman. You know, who's going to go up against the Joker? You know, maybe it'll be Commissioner or Lieutenant or Officer Gordon. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he is really the hero here, you know, in a weird, twisted sort of way, in this universe that they're creating, which is separate from, you know, the universe that contains Jason Momoa's Aquaman and and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and, you know, the, the, um, the Birds of Prey film or the Gotham Girl. I don't know if it's Gotham Girls or Birds of Prey. Um, you know, this, this is a separate, this is like a separate, this is like Earth 2 or something, Earth 2 Joker, you know, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And it looks really good. And it looks like it's going to be a really good take on it because look, here's the thing. Marvel Studios have been putting out films for 10 years. So we have been getting, you know, comic book films, hardcore, heavily these last 10 years. And sure, there've been ones before it, you know, um, with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. I don't know if I want to include those. You know, but it's really, it's really these last 10 years that we're really getting inundated with superhero films and, and superhero or comic book uh, heroes are really becoming prevalent in our, in our, in our culture nowadays. Um, You know, where this stuff used to be kind of reserved for the geeks and the nerds and the comic book fans, Uh, the general public is really becoming aware of a lot of these characters. You know, characters, I mean, look, go to any corner of the earth, hold up a picture of Superman, everybody knows who Superman is. 99.9% of the world's population know who Batman is, okay? But now, you know, look, my wife, my wife never knew who Iron Man was or who, you know, Captain America was or Doctor Strange or Black Widow. She didn't know these people, but now she does. You know, and she looks forward to the film. So, so the general public is really starting to kind of embrace sort of this, you know, comic book hero film and culture and whatnot. But look, just like everything else, all good things have to come to an end. Um, and, and, you know, for me, you know, I was originally kind of looking at Endgame as sort of saying like, yeah, I think that's going to be it. Because look, I love this stuff. When I was a kid... I would hope and wish and pray for comic book related TV shows and movies. I sat through a Fox made for TV movie and this is, you know, Fox, this is not Fox News. Like but this was a Fox made for TV movie about Generation X, which was like an offshoot of like the X-Men brand. It's a whole thing in the 90s. Just because it was on TV, and even watching the trailers, I was kind of like, I don't know about this. This is not looking too good. But I sat through it because it was comic book related, and I was like, I I have to watch it. It is my moral obligation to watch a comic book themed TV show or movie. 
now after 10 years of Marvel films and you know DC films thrown in there and stuff on Netflix and Hulu and am I getting a little burnt out on it yeah I, I think I am um but watching this trailer for Joker has kind of like reignited it in me even Shazam like when when they announced when they first announced Shazam I was kind of like okay kind of sounds fun but watching the trailers and seeing the build-up for it I'm, I'm I'm pretty excited I think you know what I think I can go another five or ten years of superhero-related uh, TV shows and movies or this or that. But I think really what it is is I think, you know, there's a lot of great characters out there in both DC and Marvel. And I think they would really be better served with TV shows. Um, I mean, for me, Titans was a complete bust on DC streaming service. But Doom Patrol is looking amazing. Um, I know everything is off of uh, Netflix now, all the Marvel stuff. But you know what? just read it today runaway season three it's slated it's ready to go or not ready to go but they're going ahead for it there will be a season three of marvel's runaways on hulu uh season two of marvel's cloak and dagger is going to come out if it hasn't come out already it's going to come out very very soon so i know hulu i don't know the exact relationship they have with disney or if disney really just flat out owns them or owns a vast majority of them so maybe that's why those shows can continue there but even like, you know, hearing people talk and saying, you know what, we need like uh, a movie for this one and a movie for that one. Like one of the ones I, I hear thrown around a lot, and I think they're actually trying to get a writer together and they're starting to look for actresses, is a Miss Marvel film. Now, Miss Marvel, much different from, than Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, of course, is a Marvel Comics property. It's Kamala Khan, she's an inhuman. It's a great comic. Uh, Diana reads it, uh, you know, so by default, I read it as well. It's a great comic. Would it make a good movie? It might. I see it more as a TV show. I would love to see it as a TV show. Sort of, you know, her dealing with becoming an inhuman, dealing with the fact that she is Muslim, uh, living in Jersey City. You know, she's kind of like a street-level hero, uh, who has the potential to, to become greater, you know, like, you know, could she become an Avenger? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, right now she's Kamala Khan, high school student, you know, Muslim American, and just trying to deal with all that. Um, I think, you know, seeing more stuff on TV, maybe not getting so super saturated with films. Maybe that can kind of keep my appetite going, but look, watching you know getting ready for shazam obviously getting ready for endgame but then kind of thinking like well after endgame yeah wonder woman 84 will be coming out and whatever watching this joker trailer i am totally 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 pumped um let me tell you when they put the suicide squad film together that first one, I don't know what this reboot or whatever they're doing, the, the James Gunn one. But when they put that first Suicide Squad film together and they cast Jared Leto as the Joker, huge mistake. Just watch what Joaquin Phoenix does in this trailer as Joker and you will see why this is just going to be a great film. It's I'm pretty excited for it and I can't wait for it to come out. Wow, I ranted and raved and rambled on for a long time. This was just going to be about uh, the Doom Patrol, but I added in a little bit more. So there you go.
Guys, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to www.brothersandarmchairs.com. What that will do, that will link you up to every single podcast in the Brothers and Armchairs Network. This is Jay, and I will most definitely talk to you guys later.